0: notebook. Today, my guest is Grace Willow, who is a leading sexuality and embodiment specialist. Welcome. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I would like to begin with a question that everybody wants to know. What exactly is a sexuality and embodiment specialist?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Took me a long time to figure out the answer to it um, for myself. So, In the work that I do, I support women in getting back in their bodies through somatic and healing practices, embodiment practices, and sexuality practices.
0: You know, it strikes me that we live in a time period where many people are not really in their bodies. Um, Mm -hmm. We tend to associate more with our minds and think that we can kind of drag our bodies along. <laughs> why is it important for us to be in our bodies mm, oh there are so many reasons um
1: really the mind is not designed to figure life out it's designed to figure out how to check you know, balance the checkbook how to get you to the grocery store not um, a book of flights it is not designed to to inhabit this beautiful life that we have, where the only way that we can really fully experience life is through our five senses. So we, you know, touch, taste, smell, feeling, sensation, uh, hearing, sight, Um, and I have so many women who work with me and they can't figure out why they are having difficulty with their sexuality, with their partnerships, with their jobs. Um, trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing with their lives, how to manifest. And the gateway for all of that is through the body. There, it's not possible to manifest desires with the mind.
0: Mm-hmm. They have to
1: be in your body.
0: So why is it that if the body is so important for all of these things that we spend so much time disconnected from our bodies?
1: Yeah, well, I think at the root of that, it goes back to the inception of patriarchy. Um, You know, we have been taught for a very long time, um, conditioned, I guess is a better word, to believe that we can't trust anything but our five senses, which is a function of the mind, um, that there is nothing sacred, that everything is related to the physical plane, and yet, so that would suggest that we would be in our bodies, but separating soul and consciousness and sacredness from our lived experience separates us so much from being in the reality of what that means, that it's painful. And, and so there's a, a, like a split that happens. So we live in our bodies in the in the sense of like dominating the planet and utilizing resources and um, consuming, but we're not in our bodies and in, in the sense of uh, the sacredness of life and enjoying you know the scent of the flowers and using our bodies as the vehicle for spirit that they are.
0: I talked to a woman who wrote a book about how women don't experience very much pleasure these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that something that you see in your work, women specifically having difficulty experiencing pleasure or even knowing what pleasure is?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 And again, I think the root of this is in patriarchy, which is a system of oppression and suppression that doesn't just impact women. It impacts men and women and transgendered people. um, and people who identify as non-binary. But speaking of women specifically, we have been conditioned um, through many different practices. And this, it didn't start in our generation. This has been an ancestral pattern that has been passed down through our DNA for millennia, really, that has disconnected us so much from the sacred feminine and put upon us the idea that women's value is inherently tied to our performance and that means uh, getting married having children having a degree and then on top of that it's layered with the expectation that we are super mom super employee super woman super cook super <laughs> you know it, you know we there and and our pleasure is subjugated to well if you've earned it Well, how can we possibly earn it if we're constantly
0: never good enough? You know, which is part of the system, right? To never be part of the system,
1: right? It's it's built into the system. So women have this really strange idea of pleasure being something they're always striving toward, but they're not worthy of it, they don't deserve it, and they're not a good not good enough for it. So they it's always out of reach. And for women who have kind of gone the other way on the on the, on the swing of polarity they've become hedonistic um, which is also a wound of patriarchy because they're kind of saying like fuck it I don't give a fuck about the rules I don't give a fuck about what you tell me I can and can't have but it's coming from a place of wounding usually not always there are some awakened women who are just like I can have pleasure <laughs> this is great and I, I totally celebrate those women which is the you know where I'm my work is so important and working with women to to be able to just really embrace that it. it's not a matter of deserving or earning it. It's like our birthright to use our bodies for pleasure for ourselves, not necessarily for our partners. And I think this this is another piece that comes up in my work is so many women have difficulty with sexual pleasure because they, somewhere along the line, internalize the idea that sexuality is something that they do for their partner. It doesn't matter if they're lesbian, bisexual, heterosexual, polyamorous, it's, it's this idea that, well, if I'm enjoying myself, it's it's performative. And they've learned this through their partners, through their um, parents, through born, through uh, even girlfriends they've never really internalized that pleasure is first and foremost
0: for myself. I was thinking about how we have a lot of issues around mm-hmm. what bodies look like, what our bodies yes. look like and our yeah. ability to control or discipline them to to eat for example a certain way, yes. right? Yes. And it yes. seems to me like that may be related to not having enough pleasure in other aspects of our lives.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's, if you think about the what has been considered beautiful, it changes every, it seems like every 10 or 20 years. So it's kind of like women's fashion. We can never keep up with fashion. We I mean, it changes constantly. So we're constantly spending money on the latest and the greatest where men's styles, they're classic. They stay in style for a very long time. The idea of what's acceptable for our bodies is tied to patriarchy, it's tied to cultural systems of belief, it's tied to uh, the dominating trends. We can never stay up with it, first of all. And second of all, if if we're not experiencing pleasure in all areas of our life, that also gets connected with food and with our bodies. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's so deep, that it's so deep.
0: So, what are some of the problems that you see that result from people not being embodied or not Mm -hmm. knowing or experiencing pleasure, sexual and other kinds of pleasure? Gosh, the list is long. I mean, the
1: the physical issues I see are often tied to physical pain, like pelvic pain or painless sex. uh, low back pain, hip pain, um, mid back pain, um, headaches. Um, it also relates to digestive issues, hormonal problems, body image issues, uh, anxiety, depression, um, self-loathing feelings of unworthiness. Um, the list, I mean, the list is like, (laughs) where do I start? (laughs) When do I, it doesn't end. It just doesn't end. I mean, you know, the, and, it's the presenting issue or issues that people come to me for when we start working together. It, I think they're so surprised that like how deep the rabbit hole goes. Like once we start working on what is it that you really want and what's in the way of that. And they start uncovering all these shadow parts and the subpersonalities and the wounds and the traumas and the belief that I'm not good enough or I don't deserve to have that. And I'm not talking about just big, you know, like big P trauma. I'm talking, it can be like little micro traumas and they accumulate over time. And when those don't get resolved in the moment, they just get stuck in the body as memories or imprints, energetic imprints. Yeah. Spiritual pain. Uh, you know, some of the issues that people are surprised to come out is um, how much their lack of permission to be in a body is also connected to not being able to really connect to why they're here and what is their genuine, what their genuine contribution is in life or what most people would call life purpose.
0: I'm wondering if we could talk about your path as a healer. How did you end up finding your way to being a sexuality and embodiment coach? I want to say it was started
1: with birth. I I came in with a very big knowing. And, uh, you know, my reality didn't match my knowing. And I kind of felt like, what? where the hell am I? I got dumped on the wrong planet. Um, and then over time, I just gradually suppressed all that. Because, um, you know, when people come in with a lot of knowing, as as many of the women that I work with do, they have to repress that and, and just keep themselves safe to get through the circumstances of their childhoods. So basically I was walking around like a muggle for probably four years old until I was 29. And then I was blessed with a, um, a car accident. It was T-boned at 60 miles an hour. Um, I had a traumatic brain injury and irritable bowel syndrome and, um, mm-hmm. horrible insomnia, debilitating mood swings. Um, yeah, I mean, the list of diagnoses that I had at that time was pretty mm. significant. And I was basically non-functional for 18 months. I couldn't work. I couldn't take care of my daughter. I couldn't even cook. I didn't know how, like, I could set the house on fire. It was it was pretty bad. Yeah. And I, I just remember going to the doctor and the, him saying, well, you're just going to have to learn to live like this. And I went, not an option. <laughs> not an option. And that is where that piece of me from childhood that knew who I was somehow that got activated by him telling me that. And it reached a core knowing within myself that I knew I could heal. And if he didn't believe it, I was gonna find somebody who did. And I did. I found a woman who um, she'd never really worked with anybody like me before, like that kind of, that level of injury. Um, And she, she said, you know, I think I can help you. Would you mind, Would you like to work with me and, and another healer in tandem is kind of a guinea pig type of thing. And I said, I don't care what you do, just get me better. So yeah, I was pretty helpless at the time. And I just, I didn't actually know if it, anything was gonna work, but I was willing to try. So after one session, I had a complete recovery for about four months and then some symptoms started coming back. And so of course I went back like, give me more. <laughs> And after that, I had a complete recovery and it's just been, it's, it's like, it never even happened. And if I didn't have the medical records and the, like the 18 months of, yeah, I was like n- not able to work. I could you know, I couldn't drive. I, I, I kept actually kept the, um, you know, glasses that I wore as a reminder of what it had been like and my daughter. And I refer to those as the head injury days. Cause I have basically no memory, no memory of. 18 months of my life.
0: Wow. So, wow!
1: And that started me on the path of all of the training and the certifications and licenses that I now hold. And then...
0: So the things that that had helped you to, to cure yourself were also the things that became your curriculum to study and incorporate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought if these things could help me knowing how... I don't even know the word to use, um, non-functional, like at the very bottom rung of what could possibly be going on in my life besides dead. <laughs> I mean, um, it could have been worse. I could have been in a coma, um, but it was pretty bad. And so I thought, you know, if this could help me knowing how things were, then I need to learn how to do this so I can help other people um so I did I started taking classes and I trained with other healers and teachers some pretty powerful um intuitive leaders in, in the world uh, today um and after about 10 years I got to the point where I wasn't really learning from humans anymore so I started just going directly to source and then that also um about, three years ago, I was uh, struggling with pelvic pain. So that was kind of, that was, there, there were other things after I did my own healing journey where, you know, I was in relationships, and not really honoring myself. You know, it's, it's, as healers, we say, we're, we're not always the ones that take our own medicine. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> yeah.
1: I do now, but, uh, you know, three years ago, I wasn't doing that so well. So I was struggling with pelvic pain and um, kind of like the first time where I was just going practitioner to practitioner, trying to figure out how to to heal this and feeling really bad about myself because, you know, being an embodiment specialist, I should have known how to do it, but I didn't. And then I uh, found Tammy Lynn Kent and I got certified in holistic pelvic care. And then I, I started looking at all the all the all the training I had, all the certifications I had. And I went, wait a minute. I didn't, you know, like all of this just it could go together like really easily. Cause at the time I was sort of like doing it very piecemeal and not really seeing the connections of or the intersection of of where it all came together. And then that that's really just been a recent um. I want to call it a discovery, but that's not the right word. It's been more of a recent integration.
0: I'm wondering if you could talk about how it is that you address these core issues and mm-hmm. any ways that you can see that we actually can heal as opposed to oh, be constantly in the process of healing. I do
1: think that there, it really is a a journey. Like, I don't believe that there is a destination because whether it's the end of this life or you know, the end of a healing of a particular pattern, we're always going to be going on to another level of evolution, you know, so it could be in this life or body, or it could be after this life or body, but speaking particularly to what we're dealing with here, when I work with women in my coaching business, um, I hold a template of perfection for them. And that doesn't mean they have to look a certain way or their body has to look a certain way or that they have to heal to a point of quote unquote perfection. I'm holding a template for their original essence for them to step into, because oftentimes they come with the idea that they're broken, first of all, that they're, there's something wrong with them. Um, so I hold this, very large template for them. And then in the work that we do, um, healing back the onion layers, it's really a matter of, um, identifying. So the gateway of the healing process is figuring out what do they want? Because we can, we can approach it from, well, here's all the problems. And then we have to spend years and years and years healing all of it. And that's exhausting. And I wouldn't actually want to do that because I used to work that way. And it's, It feels like you never get anywhere. It's just like constantly working. And from the perspective that I work from is what do you want and why do you want that? And then from that place of desire, looking at what's in the way of that and whether that's um, healing, you know, an ancestral pattern that's in the way of that that says I'm not good enough or um, a belief of you have to work really hard to have what you want. or a core belief that I'm flawed. So it, it really depends on the person and their journey, um, not only as from this particular lifetime, but the ancestral imprints that they bring with them and then also their soul imprints. So um, I utilize a ton of tools. I have a toolbox that's so large, it's not even on my bio on my website. Like it would be impossible to to put all of the things that I've trained in, but. I put the major ones. So when I'm working with someone, starting with the lens of what, what is it that you want and why, what will that give you? What would be different in your life? Um, how would your life be different? And then I I support them through all of the tools that I have. So it might be bringing in a somatic therapy tool. It might be bringing in somatic trauma therapy, which is slightly different than somatic therapy. It might be an embodiment this or a sexuality practice. It might be doing shadow work. Um, it might be doing energy healing. It just really depends on what they're bringing and how how deep it goes.
0: In doing this work, I'm wondering if you could talk about transformations that you have seen with Mm, your clients.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I um, actually, I'll share one. I just got a testimonial today from her. and It was so beautiful to see um, the transformation that she's had since we have started working together. Um, So when we first started working together, she was a shell, really a shell of a person. She had no uh, belief in her value or her worth. Um, she was lying to her friends about things that she was doing because she was ashamed. Um, she was afraid of intimacy. Um, and so she would get into relationships and then always have kind of an exit, you know, like do some, I don't want to give away too much because <laughs> you know it's, it's so, some of that's private, but, um in the work that we've been doing she is now she it's like she's a completely different person it's like when she when we first started working together she was kind of a shell and now she's like a rounded out person with flesh and color in her skin and like coming to the session super excited um she's uh made a transition from having a job that she hated and she you know she just loathed And now she's fully stepping into her work as a, um, she's an artist. So she's stepping into her role as an artist. She's now in a relationship that she's committed to. Um, She just registered for grad school and she's, uh, I have a feeling she'll be accepted, but she doesn't believe it yet. So part of the
0: template that I hold for her. What is it that you enjoy about this work the most?
1: Seeing women connect the dots to the things that have held them back from themselves and start to get their voice back and start to get their power back and to start holding boundaries for themselves and loving themselves and making choices that are honoring of, them, of themselves and like making radical changes and holding up their boundaries and asking for their needs and wants to be met and like taking up their, their queen crown, you know? I, I remind people I work with all the time, you're a queen, put your crown on. Like you've forgotten who you are because they really have. So it's it's so gratifying to see women start to come back into themselves and start to love their bodies and love the thing, the choices that they're making and um, start making choices that are really in alignment with their North star. And liberated sexually, like, We get to talk about sex too. So that's always fun. So, yeah.
0: I've been talking today to Grace Willow, who is a leading sexuality and embodiment specialist. If people want to find out more about your work, where can they go?
1: My website is gracejwillow.com. And I just want to mention that I will be offering a six month healing journey called Pelvic Spa. And it's for eight powerful, courageous women who are ready to stop enduring pelvic pain and other female pelvic issues and ready to uplevel their life and experience radical self-love, empowered embodiment, dynamic, vibrant health, and liberated sexuality so that they can thrive in every area of their life.
0: I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Each week, I bring interviews with energy healers, shamans, and artists who are reinventing the world. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe and leave a comment. Thanks.